It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 369 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, August 17th. I am your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and uh, RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network. Both NBA and NFL shows uh, really sort of, especially on the NFL side, full steam right now. If you have a team that you're interested in fantasy-wise or just because you root for them, make sure you're checking out the corresponding Locked On NFL show. And for the NBA shows, we still got stuff going throughout the summer, two or three shows a week from every podcast. Locked On NBA is still every single day. Locked on Fantasy with Josh Lloyd has been going super hard previewing the season, so if you're getting ready for fantasy a couple months ahead of time because you really care about that stuff, listen to Josh because he's the absolute best. I'll be on his podcast, I think September 3rd is when I'm penciled in to do the Raptors Fantasy Previews, so stay tuned for that on Locked on Fantasy Basketball. And if you find a show on the network that you like, please subscribe to it separately and on its own feed. You can do that with Locked on Raptors on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places you listen to podcasts and uh, leave a rating or review. It's the best way to support the show and I appreciate it very much. All right, on today's show, bit of a uh, this might go long. I might have to cut this up into two parts because there's a lot to get to. Uh, so people might be familiar. There have been these things going on on NBA TV in the states that I've kind of caught wind of, where they're doing theme days for NBA teams, and they're doing classic games, usually ten or twelve games from a team over the course of an entire day, from six a.m. to twelve p.m. They just roll content for the one team all day long. And I don't think the Raptors are penciled in for one, at least not yet. Looking forward to the schedule. You can only go to September 1st on the NBA TV schedule, but the Raptors are not in, and they have not had one yet. So uh, I'm thinking classic NBA TV will leave the Raptors off um, and and not cover them because of the American aspect, whatever. Uh, That's fine. I'm sure they'll have Raptors classics all summer long on Canadian NBA TV, and that'll be fine. Um, But so what I want to do for today's show was try to build a lineup of the 12 most essential classic Raptors games that, in theory, an NBA TV Raptors theme day would include. And joining me to talk about all of this, to sort of try to assemble this lineup of content for the imaginary viewers, is someone who is among the better Raptors historians I've chatted with, someone who's been around since the, you know, covering the team since the early days, covered the team throughout some really dark times as well uh, in the odds. It's John Chick from The Score. How's it going, man? Woodley, what's up? Ah, pretty good, man. Uh, thanks for joining me while your house is flooding. That's cool. That's nice uh, of you. Yeah, I'd call it a flood. It'd be a leak. I'm sitting here drinking beer, so it shows you where my priorities are. <laughs> uh, that's not a bad idea. I might do that. Um, <laughs> it's a nice thing about having a mini fridge right next to the place where you record. Oh, nice. You can hear it, too. Yeah, here we go. Uh, I'm drinking a McKinnon Brothers 8-Man English Pale Ale from Kingston. Brought to so. me by a friend from Kingston last weekend, so let's fire this up. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, today's show, we're going to roll through. We each have six games that we've picked out to personally add to the list of Raptors classics that should be played on a theoretical, not ever going to happen NBA, th- NBA TV Raptors theme day. 
And we're just going to roll through the games. After we get through the list, we'll go through some honorable mentions as well to make sure we didn't miss anything. John, let's start, though. We'll start with you. What is the first game that you would play 6 a.m., starting the day off right? What is the game that would be the breakfast of this uh, full day of Raptors Classic game coverage? Well, first I should say that uh, the only way the Raptors will get on NBA TV US is when it's actually a playoff game. Although yeah, a playoff game against the Wizards or something, yeah. Right, although maybe that <laughs> balance changes now with Kawhi. We'll see in the spring. Um, but yeah, uh, today actually it was Blazers Day because I was watching it at work where we have access to right. NBA TV USA. If I was going to start out early, you don't want to go big too early, but I think you want to get uh, you know kind of a memorable game. Mm-hmm. So I'll start out with a loss. It would be... Uh, May 3rd, 2016, mm-hmm. game one of the second round series against the Heat. Um, you know, they lost, but Kyle Lowry's half-court heave tied it at the buzzer yeah. and uh, sent it to overtime. It's one of the standout plays, maybe, standalone plays in franchise history. And uh, I just remember that because, like, some of the people in the arena had left, but the crowd that was left inside and in Jurassic Park just went ballistic. Yeah. And there's that video of Dwayne Wade under the basket, like, just looks crestfallen, kind of <laughs> crashes on one knee. Um, yeah, so that'd be my first one. We're pointing out, though, that game was, like, pretty bad Kyle Lowry playoff version. Um, I think he only shot, like, 2 of 12 outside of that one shot. Because mm-hmm. um, they got out scored, like, 12-2 in overtime. But, yeah, I, I would go with that. It's a loss, but, you know, it's pretty memorable. That game was... Insane. So you talked about other people leaving. I was covering that game for Raptors HQ. I was there, and I was I had my bag packed and was standing in the stairwell ready to walk to the elevator because you know the elevators in the ACC. There's only one of them that goes down to the media level, and if you don't catch the first one, you're waiting to catch the second one, and it's always kind of a, a mad dash to get there. And I was like, all right, this is done. There's no way this is happening. I'm going to stand and sort of get a head start on everybody else. He hits that shot. I, like... I try to maintain, like, impartiality when I'm up, like, covering games or whatever. I don't try to cheer. I'm not Dan Reynolds over here. I'm not, like, yelling with everything that happens. But that was one of the times where I was just, like, jaw dropped, arms in the air, just what the hell just happened. And then the OT, like, yeah, you're totally right. The game was terrible. It was an awful, awful game. That whole series was just unwatchable garbage. But uh, Lowry was 3 of 13 in that game. I have the game sheet up here. But that was a game... Jonas Valanciunas, like, almost won it for them in overtime. Like, he kind of took over the offense. He finished with 24 right. and 14. He had three blocks. He had 10 to 16 from the field. And that was kind of the, like, he had had a really good series against the Pacers. And he that was just, like, him stepping it up from what he did against the Pacers. And it kind of set the stage for him to be, until he got hurt in that series, the best Raptor in that series, um, which is probably the only time you could say he was the best Raptor in an individual series. Maybe thinking back... Yeah, that's probably it. But yeah, yeah so that that game, I, I like. I have never seen anything that crazy in person before in my entire life. It was uh, just the the whole place. The, it was probably like seventy five percent full, but it was still louder than I've ever heard it. It's it was uh, remarkable. And then watching it again on like replays and stuff. I watched it today actually, and you still get chills watching it because it's so nuts. And it's like one of the biggest travesties in Raptors history that that shot didn't lead to a win. Because I feel like it's kind of forgotten in like the NBA pantheon of crazy ass shots. Like if if that had led to a win, I mean, yeah, we probably talk about that as one of the better playoff moments for anybody the last ten years. For sure, you don't see like he's from like literally. I think he was just over mid court when he when he heaved it, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, you don't see playoff games kind of get tied like that yeah. ever. Um, that's something you might see in a college game once every ten years, but no, it was insane. And like those, 
like those two series, the first two series that year, Indiana, Miami, they're pretty ugly series. I mean, there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of appealing basketball there. And Lowry and DeRozan obviously had their struggles. I think DeRozan played okay in that game, but Lowry was just terrible mm-hmm. outside of that one shot. But yeah, the, uh, the way you can gauge it, the way I gauge some of these highlights is when you see the fans like literally jumping out of their seats, you know, it's a... <laughs> Like, that's a highlight. And the people in, in Jurassic Park were, like, literally, like, jumping over top of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, that's just that's just not just one highlight. This is, like, a special highlight. So, yeah, it would have been, would have been amazing to win that game, but alas. I mean, it's kind of, uh, you know, fitting for the franchise, which has had its obvious ups and downs, that uh, one of these great moments will come in a loss. But. Yeah, for sure. I think this is, of all the games you've picked, this is the only game that you have that's a loss. So, good to get that one out of the way early. Yeah. I have plenty of losses on my list because... Uh, yeah, I, I know we discussed <laughs> this. There's a few other ones. So. Yeah, um, so that's a very good pick to start. The way I, I figure we build this is like we structure in an hour and a half for each game and when you cut it down and have commercials or whatever and then it takes you to right at midnight with eight, with 12 games going an hour and a half each. So, that's how it's working in my brain. So, we it's 7.30 block now and I have the pick. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think the game I'm using here, you want to be woken up at 7.30 in the morning. You want to be exhilarated. You want to have that jolt of energy. So I have to pick, and this is the most obvious me pick of all time, but January 25th, 2014, Raptors Clippers, Terrence Ross scores 51 points in a 126-118 loss to the Clippers. Um, I mean, what else is there to say about this game? I've talked about it at, to wit's end on this podcast. It's uh, it's one of the most exhilarating basketball experiences of my life. He, like, the 51 points Terrence Ross scored were so flawless and easy. Like, he just, it's he did it so, it was just like the total encapsulation of what he could be if you put it all together. He never, of course, did. Uh, still holding out hope for that one. It'll happen one day. Um, but <laughs> I yeah, I, I know you're still supporting your man, and uh, yeah. it's important. <laughs> yeah, it's a, the 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 Magic are in good hands this year. I saw someone today saying they're going to be terrible without a point guard. And Terrence Ross can, can can facilitate. It's fine. He can help lift up Jonathan uh, Isaac and Mo Bamba. I, I believe in Terry's abilities, uh, and I believe in his abilities because of this game. It was just like. And it's in that sort of zone where it's like a month and a half after the trade that sent Rudy Gay out, which we'll get to later, actually, in one of my picks. But um, the the trade that sent Rudy Gay out and sort of reignited the Raptors franchise and sort of helped them evade a rebuild because they randomly got good. And then the Kyle Lowry trade almost happened and didn't happen. And then this was just sort of in that sweet spot where it was like, all right, the Raptors are winning games. It's kind of weird now. They're, like, putting it together and they look like a real basketball team. And it's just kind of like... Uh, we've never seen this before from the Raptors and yeah I just it was a really exhilarating game to watch it it was uh just I don't know what were your recollections of that game yeah I mean like you said it was I guess in the aftermath of the trade Mm -hmm. um which you kind of set the franchise on the right track and you know we wouldn't we didn't realize that you know when we didn't know that it was going to lead to uh, a division title and like uh you know the playoff run that year but like yeah, I, I think 
it was just teasing because, you know, obviously Terrence Ross, you know, came out of school as a player with a lot of promise, and that kind of really encapsulated all he could do. He was like, I think, like 10 of 17 uh, from beyond the arc or something in that game. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> yeah, like he did it all. And we obviously know what kind of you know, athlete he was as well. Like that was kind of a statement game, and I think it captured – uh, a lot of people's imagination about the, you know what player this guy could be. Now, obviously, he never really you know turned into anything consistent after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my question for you is like you were a fan of him before this, but did this kind of secure this uh, uh, bromance after this game? Yeah, probably. It was like I always liked Ross. I, I, I when he won the dunk contest, I think in his second season, yeah, I was pretty so, so stoked on that. But yeah, this was like the okay the. Me being a giant stand for this guy, it, it can be affirmed. I'll always have this game to sort of reference now um, when people talk about Terrence Ross, usually negatively. I mean, yeah, he scored 51, though. And, like, it's weird. So the game that we didn't end up picking was DeMar DeRozan setting the franchise record for points this season. Um, he scored 52 Sorry. against the Bucks this year. And he did it in overtime, so Terrence Ross still holds the record for regulation points by a Raptor, yeah. just so people remember. Um, but he... I remember watching that game and being like kind of mad that Demar broke the record because <laughs> like like obviously Demar deserves the record and I was like happy probably overall that like yeah okay cool he got it that's awesome um, but like as it was happening I think it was like a couple minutes left and it was like into a free throw game and he needed like two points to to break the record. And I was just sitting there like, I kind of hope he misses these. Like, I don't, I, like, the win is kind of immaterial to me at this point. It's going to be a loss if DeMar breaks this record. Obviously, it's cool that it happened in hindsight, and it was a really great win and one of the best wins of the season for the Raptors. But, um, yeah, no, I, I still, if there's any part of me that is, like, happy DeMar DeRozan is gone, it's because he did that and scored 52 points uh, and well, beat Terrence Ross's record. Yeah, Curry's right. It's petty season in the NBA. Yeah, that's um, exactly it. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like, at the same time, I sort of see where you're coming from because, you know, I think it's it's kind of funny when, like, this becomes a trivia question, like, 30 years from now. Oh, yeah. It's like, who, who would have had the, who was an all-time Raptors single-game uh, score? Yeah. It could have been Terrence Ross for a long time. Nobody was going to remember that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, obviously, it would have been kind of cool to have this as you know, kind of a trivia answer, but it, it also just shows the kind of talent the guy has and, you know, certainly had and still does have, I would assume. Um, I think, you know, obviously Ross, you know, I think there were some off-court questions about it, not that there was anything, you know, undo going on, but just that, you know, maybe his commitment wasn't yeah. at the, the level of a lot of players. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of feel with that. I mean, I, like, I, I respect everything DeRozan did for the franchise, but, you know, I, I think Terrence Ross could have would have been nice to be held on to that record. If you don't think a future trivia question I'm going to ask either on this podcast or one of the trivia nights I host is who is the all-time regulation leader for Raptors points in a game, uh, you, you absolutely are wrong because I'm going to ask that. It's probably going to be a staple of my trivia nights going forward. Um, all right, let's move on. It's 9 a.m. now on our lineup. John, we'll go back to you. Fill the 9 a.m. slot with the third game on our list. Because it's still early in the morning, I mean, I'd like to mess with NBA TV's uh, schedule a bit, maybe kind of fuck with their ratings, but <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go with uh, April 26, 2012. Yeah. This is, this is why this game will go very early. It should go in prime time, personally, if you ask me, but this is uh, <laughs> this is a Raptors 98, Nets 67, mm-hmm. uh, the final game of the lockout shortened uh, 2011-12 season. Uh, it was notable only 
because uh, point guard Ben Uzo recorded a triple-double. The Raptors won. Uh, this game didn't really have any impact on anything, including uh, the draft order, because the Nets had traded their pick, and that's, I think, that Portland, and Portland took Dame Lillard. Yeah. Um, Raptors took your boy T. Ross. At they eight. did. It's like, um, yeah, maybe if they had lost that game, if, if Ben Uzo hadn't put together a triple-double, you know, Terrence Ross may never land with the Raptors. Who knows? Um, although it did keep the, that game, did, that win kept the Raptors out of last place in the Atlantic. Um, that was a battle for last. Uh, but yeah, man, you talk about a total gong show. Like, like uh, I, I looked at the, uh, the the people who played in this game. Yeah, uh, the, Ra- the Raptors only ran seven deep, um, and Uzo at point guard is very Ray John Rondo kind of triple double: twelve points, twelve <laughs> assists, eleven rebounds, six of nineteen um, shooting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it's worth noting that this was the last ever NBA game he played in too. Yeah. Also true of Solomon Alabi, who put up his only career double-double in this game with 11 and 19, right. and also never played again in the NBA. Um, do you know Gary Forbes? Uh, well, there were only two guys off the bench. It was Alabi and Forbes. Yeah. And I think Forbes played after that, I remember. Yeah, I think he went to like Houston or something. He also yeah. led the Raptors in shots in this game with 21. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this game doesn't belong in the NBA, like period. Like, oh, it's such a beautiful disaster. I've talked about this game ad nauseum on multiple platforms and podcasts and written formats. Um, you say it didn't matter all that much for the lottery odds. That is, in fact, incorrect. So, yeah, you're right. The Nets had traded that pick to the Blazers for Gerald Wallace. And had the Raptors lost this game, they would have moved up to having the sixth best lottery odds. The Nets would have been seventh, and the Warriors would have been eighth. So the Warriors never would have gotten Harrison Barnes, in all likelihood. So maybe they never win those early championships. Maybe they never get Kevin Durant. If the Raptors had gone six and taken Damian Lillard, they probably never trade for Kyle Lowry. And maybe this era doesn't really happen as it happened. Uh, they also wouldn't have Terrence Ross, who they never traded for Serge Ibaka. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. <laughs> but there's a, there's a whole lot of sort of ramifications from this game as they go forward. Like, it kind of dictates so much of the next five years for the Raptors, and it's all because Ben Uzo decided to fuck around and get a triple-double. That's, I, I don't, yeah, I, like, I, I recall that draft era, and I remember the talk was the Raptors were high on Harrison Barnes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, that that totally would have that totally would have messed with stuff. I mean, if they'd have moved up to to sixth, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it felt in that draft like Ross was uh, kind of a consolation prize for Colangelo mm-hmm. um, after a lot of those guys left. But but yeah, no, that's true. And then obviously with the Nets having traded the pick, you know, it's yeah, typical Nets. This is in the wake of uh, well, this is actually before. I believe Billy King was in charge, so this is before they made the idiotic trade. Yeah, but this uh, this deal, obviously, for, like, involving Gerald Wallace, mm-hmm. um, you know, set out a player that turned into the, the Damian Lillard. But uh, yeah, uh, also worth noting is Jamal McGlure started at center in that game too, and scored no points, <laughs> zero points. Yeah, that's right. I think he played only played like five minutes. Yeah, only three players from this game are still in the NBA. Ed Davis had twenty four and twelve on ten of fifteen shooting. Uh, James Johnson had started and had eight points and two boards and two assists. And then Gerald Green was the only player on that Nets team who's still in the NBA. It's uh <laughs> oh wait no wait 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 that's wrong. Marshawn Brooks is on the Grizzlies now. Yeah, Marshawn Brooks. I'm wrong. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's and maybe Anthony Morrow's still kicking around somewhere. 
Well, just looking through this now. Yeah. Yeah, Jordan Williams, Marshawn Brooks, Gerald Green, Sunday out of games. Deshaun yeah. Stevenson, Johan Petro, Armand Johnson, and Anthony Morrow. That is a tank ass team if I've ever seen one. That yeah, team lost else. to a team that was led by Ben Uzo and Ed Davis by thirty one points. <laughs> Yeah, this this was a home game, I believe. Right, yeah, it was a home game. Yeah, yeah. Um, season finale, yeah. Um, and this would have been, yeah, because I was going to say, if it, it, the only thing that would have made it more sad is this was before the Nets moved to Brooklyn. They were still called the New Jersey Nets. Yeah. And I think they were playing in Newark at the time. Mm-hmm. And, like, there was nobody going to these games. So just the depression of this game being played in New Jersey, um, <laughs> man, you talk about sad. Yeah. Um, that is a great pick for 9 a.m. Maybe make people want to go back to bed. I don't know. But I think it's it's such an important game for the trajectory of the franchise that I think it has to be in there. And it's also, yeah, it's it's also point, like, yeah. give Uzo some shine. Like, Ben Uzo deserves it, I guess. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, So we're on to the 10.30 time slot, the fourth game on the list. We should probably pick up the pace here a little bit. Um, We're definitely going to have to split this into two parts, but that's fine. All right, uh, so yeah, number four for me. What are we gonna do here? Let's go. Let's stick with the Nets. Let's go with a little bit more of an uplifting, but still kind of sad one. We'll have all the, the wins later on, I think. But May fourth, twenty fourteen, Raptors Nets. Just a couple years removed from that disaster of a game where both of those teams were totally out of the playoffs. This is after now the Paul Pierce Kevin Garnett trade. This is after the Rudy Gay trades, uh, both of them. This is after the Raptors go on a nice run to win the division in 2013-14. And Game 7, the Raptors are down by a lot. Amir Johnson starts going off in the third quarter. They make a really valiant fourth quarter comeback. Uh, Kyle Lowry scores 28 points, one of his better playoff games. Uh, Terrence Ross, if you people remember this, Terrence Ross coming up again. He's, he's featured heavily in this. Uh, he has the steal and the throw off of Paul Pierce out of bounds with a couple seconds left to get the Raptors the ball back with the opportunity to win the game. And then you have Kyle Lowry getting blocked by stupid Paul Pierce at the buzzer. Raptors lose 104-103, but I just remember this game in like the aftermath of it. Obviously, it was like totally crushing when it happened, but... In the days after it, I was just like, hey, this is something we haven't seen in so long. And it can only go up from here, which ended up being true. A lot of times that's not the case and things kind of fizzle out. But the Raptors just built from there and improved themselves and are at the point now where they have Kawhi freaking Leonard on the team. Um, But this was kind of the start of that. And this was like before all the malaise of, oh, they can't win in the playoffs, all the struggles. Like this was before there were any expectations. And even though they lost, it was like a very uplifting loss to me. Do you recall this game seven? I'm sure you do. Oh, of course, yeah, I, I was there, and like, like, yeah, it was the first year, you know, of this era that we're basically in now. We're still, even though there's obviously been some major changes. Yeah, um, yeah this was it. Um, and yeah, like I remember, the, the, a lot of the attitude around it was, well, after they lost, it's like, well, you know, nobody expected us to be here. I was more of the, I was more angry, um, yeah, the fact that, that they couldn't pull it out because I thought the Nets were very beatable. Yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah, it's probably true that they would have lost to the Heat in the next round. That was LeBron's last year in Miami. But, you know, like, it, it, it just it kind of hurt. Um, 
to lose at home as well. Um, and obviously Pierce. Um, yeah, I remember, you know, like th- th- that shot didn't go down. I think he was anticipating contact. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, and th- that, that crowd was, uh, w- w- it was, it was a great crowd, but it was kind of tense. Like yeah. it was, you know, it was weird. And, uh, I guess the only personal, uh, like memory I have of that game too, is like, in, like, but they had the media set up, you know, where they do the podium stuff in the back of the arena during the playoffs and like not in the major, like the main media room. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the podium and I'm walking out and I almost run into like Drake, like face to face with his like two buddies and they're looking in this room saying, what the hell are all these like guys doing? Like working on their computers and kind of looking at the media and I'm yeah. like, Oh, okay. Well, so yeah, this is the kind of day it's been. You almost run into Drake. And then I had to go do like, uh, uh, a FaceTime hit on like CBC News, which actually shows you <laughs> to kind of knock the mainstream media at the time how slow they were to kind of jump on that Raptors bandwagon. Um, is that like CBC didn't have a television person at that game, mm-hmm. um, and then, yeah, they, they basically wanted me to do a FaceTime hit from it. I mean, granted, it was like a Sunday afternoon, but like you know, and I think that you look how far it's come from that game, like or from that half season. You know, I think that you know it's 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 a, it's historic. A lot of people didn't think that you know that was going to be possible. Everybody thought that you know halfway through that season, the best thing to do was kind of try and tank for Andrew Wiggins, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was a total turnaround. But yeah, that that game was kind of bittersweet. I mean, it was it was an amazing experience in like a seventh game, but you know they should have won. I still say at the end of the day, they should have pulled that out. Yeah, uh, you wasted one of the best Amir games of his Raptors career, that's for sure. That's right. Another Amir game's coming up. I'm a sucker for Amir games, so we'll get to that in a sec. Uh, I have 12 shooting. Yeah, he he's just like, all of his best games are just like, oh, he didn't miss any shots, and he had all the rebounds, and was amazing. It was a plus 500. It's just Amir forever. Um, so that's four games down. Let's go on to the noon o'clock t- uh, time on the on the schedule for NBA TV. What is your third game you're adding to this list of classics? So I'm gonna put. I think we gotta go old school on this one. Uh, I'm gonna have to do this in some sort of order. No, you know what I'm gonna do? Yeah, it's still old school, but it's pretty random. And I think we gotta shout out uh, Dan Grant. Hell yeah! That's <laughs> because I had completely forgotten about it. And that's uh, the Keon Clark 12 block game. This is March 23rd, 2001. Uh, Raptors beat the Hawks 112-86. And, like, I, I had forgotten completely, like, how fun Keon Clark was for yeah. a while. Yeah, And, uh, yeah, like, and that record still stands. Well, but that's pretty insane. I think, yeah, what I was surprised looking at that was that Camby, Marcus Camby, held the record before that with 11. Yeah. So th- th- this record could stand for a long time. Um, and that's pretty cool. I mean, Keon was... Uh, you know, kind of a fun player. He's, he obviously ran into some issues off the court uh, after his career ended, but the guy's part of franchise lore. Mm-hmm. They traded for him like in the middle of the season, right? Am I mistaken there, or is it traded? Yeah, he was acquired in the middle of that 2001 season. Yeah, um, I'm not. I'm gonna do a quick check here. It was it was before like the yeah. I got it from goal. Denver. That's right. Yeah, from the Nuggets. Yeah, he played 46 um, games that season, and then the full season the year after that. Yeah, the yeah. The, the, the big deal last season was when they got like Chris Childs and uh, Jerome Williams in the yeah. middle of the season. I think yeah. that was at the deadline. But uh, yeah, he got acquired midway through the season, and at that time he was pretty young. He was like you know an athletic guy, big with like a massive wingspan. He's mm-hmm. a pretty exciting player. Um, and yeah, like 
he was really athletic and wiry, but you know, it just uh, he, he he had some off course stuff. There's all kinds of stories circulating about it. He admitted in that excellent story um, that was written. Like, he's out of prison now, but mm-hmm. that he played a lot of games drunk. He was drinking before, yeah, and after games. Um, and then there's that Bruce Arthur story that uh, claims to have seen him smoking a cigarette at halftime or a big <laughs> after game or something like that in the locker room. So, yeah, he was traded uh, January 12, 2001 uh, for Garth Joseph, Alexander Radojevic, and Kevin Willis. Those are some names. Yeah, those are some names. Like Willis, <laughs> I think at that point in his career, was probably like 45. <laughs> he played forever, that guy. Yeah. Um, I forgot he was part of the Raptors, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't call it twelve blocks. That's uh, the, 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 that's something. That's you're talking about records. I kind of hope that one lasts forever. Yeah, that's a good ass record. I I also hope that stands. Um, I don't even know who would break it. I, there can't be that many games. I'm not going to look it up right now, but there can't be that many games since the Keon Clark 12 block game where someone, period, regardless of the Raptors, just anybody's had 12 blocks. Like, yeah, yeah, that's it's, insane. It, it's nuts. It's yeah. nuts. I, mean, I, I bet Dwight up, probably did it at some point, but. Yeah, it was yeah. his milieu. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, he could he, he could dunk. There's no question. I, I, I seem to, like, I went over his stats a bit. Like, he would jack a three every now and then, but this mm-hmm. was obviously really before, like, widespread, like, stretch bigs. But, like, you know, he's a guy that obviously was a physical specimen, and it would have been nice if, uh, you know, he'd have kept it together. Maybe he would have had a, a longer career. But. Yeah. Glad he's doing well now, it seems, or hopefully he's doing well. Keon Clark forever etched into the schedule of today's uh, NBA TV theme day. So, yeah, that's uh, a very good pick. One more pick, and then we'll break it in half, and we'll go to another episode because we're going pretty long here. Uh, the one thirty time slot. Oh, man, this is tough now. I think I got to go. I want to save some of these really good ones for primetime, so I'm going to go with another weird sort of quirky Raptors game. November 29th, 2006, Raptors at Mavericks. If you really want to, you can kind of wait to watch this game until like the very end. doesn't matter. The Most of the game is kind of a disaster. The Raptors lose this game in Dallas, 117-98, but it's made famous and will forever be made famous because Derek Martin continued the league best at the time 628 game streak the Raptors had going with a made three which seems like a streak that like no one should care about I feel like every team in the league probably has that streak going right now um but back in 2006 this mattered and so Derek Martin end of the game the Raptors are down 30 he comes up the Raptors are 0 for 5 from three in the game Derek Martin jacks up a three and hits it at the buzzer to keep the streak alive and keep Raptors fans who didn't have a whole lot to cheer about. This was just the year where they got good. This was the 06-07 season, the very early part of it. So this was before the Raptors had any expectations. Raptors fans had been beaten down by the prior two seasons, which were absolute disasters. and Or prior three seasons, I guess. It was all bad in the mid-aughts, but... This game featured Derek Martin hitting a random-ass three that kept the streak alive and kept the fan base going. So, uh, don't need to really say too much about that. Do you remember that made three-pointer by Derek Martin? Uh, I, I did not at first when he mentioned it, but then I went back and I'm starting to kind of piece it together now. Yeah. I kind of remember the time around it. And I certainly remember Derek Martin's kind of stin here. It was interesting because he was, was, he was sort of supposed to be a coach as well as a player. He was kind of like a player-coach. <laughs> Um, Reg Dunlop ass point guard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I think like this would have been the Sam Mitchell era. I think he had him around mm-hmm. as kind of a like a veteran guy. He would have been in his like mid to late thirties at the time. So, mm-hmm. but like I think he actually viewed himself as kind of a coach as well. Mm-hmm. I think after he quit playing, he might have been around briefly 
in some capacity as well, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, no, that uh, yeah, I mean, and that's a very Raptors kind of like highlight <laughs> thing too to keep that streak alive. And that season, yeah, the, the 06, 07 season is when you know they kind of put it together under the Colangelo era, which was kind of sort of a surprise at the time too, mm-hmm. considering how bad the, the previous years had been. So. And at the time yeah. of this uh, this game, the Raptors were five and ten, so like it wasn't like a great start either. It just felt like it was kind of running it back all over again to just be terrible and bottom of the East. And uh, Derek Martin may, could we say that his made three to keep the streak alive was the TSN turning point of the Raptors season that year? I don't know. Who's to say? Um, we'll let history decide. All There's right. another game in that season, too, that we should get to as well, but we'll, we'll get to that after. Yeah, for sure. Oh, oh boy, are we going to get to that after. Um, yeah, so I'm going to cut the podcast here for now because we've gone super long, and I'm going to milk two podcasts out of this because why not? It's August. There's nothing else to talk about. So I'm uh, going to take, uh, I guess, however long the break is between when you hear these. Uh, again, subscribe, rate, review, tune into the next podcast. Uh, it'll just be the exact same thing, myself and John going through and finishing out the final six games on the end. NBA TV Raptors theme day classics list uh, come back stay tuned and we'll talk to you on the next side or the other side uh, on the episode 370 I guess it'll be of Lockdown Raptors hey prime members you can listen to this lockdown podcast ad free on Amazon music download the Amazon music app today